This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. All right. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Sober Life Audio Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, those that are tuning in and those that are listening, it is me, your host, Roman Brawley. Today, uh, we do not have Brian. Brian is in Chicago. He is enjoying the festivities of pre-Thanksgiving. So it's just me. But we have a very special guest today in the studio. This woman is amazing. She is incredible. The work that she does in transformation is incredible. You're a dear, close friend of mine, and I'm very happy to have you on today. So shout out. This is Natalie Jill. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Roman. Yeah, I'm this is your... Psyched to be here. Yeah. Um, Natalie, before we start any show with a guest, mm-hmm. we always have three very special questions. I'm ready. Okay. I'm Question scared, but I'm ready. number one. What is your vision? Cool. My vision is empowerment and accountability. And it's really as general or as specific as you want to make it from that. But it's really empowering others to find their empowerment and be accountable for things. Because I think in life and especially with what I deal with, with fat loss, weight loss, um, there's so much blame and not enough accountability. Mm. And um, when we are blaming, we're not really empowered to take action and change right. things. Cool. Question number two. All right. What do you love? Oh, my gosh. What do I love? What do you love? Oh, well, the right answer is I love my family, my daughter, uh, my dog, my yeah, husband, my friends, course. which I do. Yeah. Um, but I, I love creating. <laughs> I love create. creating. Creating what makes me uh, happy, what's what – keeps me alive, what, right. which is what I'm driven to do. Yeah. Creating new ideas, new concepts, new projects, new ways uh, of being. I know that you you do transformation and you're always creating more and more and more. Yes. Creating anything. I mean, whether I'm creating a video or creating a drawing or creating a new project, anything. Anything that involves cre- being creative. Okay. Yeah. Natalie Jill, the creative, guys. <laughs> um, question number three. Mm-hmm. What is one book, only one, I know this is hard, this is hard for everyone, one book that has greatly changed or impacted your life? Well, of course it's going to be Seven Day Jumpstart, Unprocess Your Diet. What? I've never heard of this book. What is that <laughs> I book? I got to shout out my own book. What is that? <laughs> um, gosh, one book, that, that's a hard question. I mean, I've, I read so much and I read daily. So one, <sighs> The one God. book. That is above all others in how it has impacted you. That's a tough one, Roman. I know. I I would have to maybe, and I'm not gonna remember the name of it. It's the new one that's out. It's the super. I think is it is it Tim Ferriss's book, the really thick one that has. Oh uh, yeah, the one that just came out. Yeah, what's it called? I forgot what it's called. Even it has like little tidbits of everything in it. Yeah, yeah, it's like the the guide to. to yeah, I think I'd have something. to say that maybe because it's like sums up a lot of things I believe in and follow. Right, and um, it's a good guidebook and a reference guide. I don't even know what it's called. So Tim Ferriss is amazing. Out. Well, you could give Tim a shout out. Shout out Tim. Shout out Tim. If he's listening. Yeah. But yeah, okay, cool. So let's jump into it. You did mention your book. 
The Seven Day Jumpstart. What is this book about? That is about unprocessing your diet and deciding to make a change. So it's it's sort of an anti-diet book in a way, okay. a diet book, because I think there's so many diets out there that teach so much restriction and rules and uh, all these uh, different things that become information overload and it sets people up for failure when there's too much to follow. Right. And I'm a believer of adding more good into your life, adding more good into your nutrition and diet. Um, unprocessing it, eating natural foods that once grew. And once you do that, you start to simplify things. Okay. You get back in touch with what your body actually needs, craves, wants, and the weight starts to effortlessly come off. Okay. So let's go back in time mm-hmm. a little bit. How did you get to the point where you became passionate about this? Like, tell us a little bit about you and your background, sure. who you are, where sure. you come from. Sure. Um, so I always liked nutrition and fitness. It was part of me, um, but it wasn't my business or I never knew I'd write a book on it or be a fitness influencer. That wasn't something I set out to do. Uh, uh-huh. But when I had my daughter um, 10 years ago now, yeah. I was going through a really rough time in my life and it was my own personal rock bottom. I was going through a divorce. I was. Mm. Um, it's when the housing market had crashed, the stock market had crashed. And I'd also gained a lot of weight. And I don't mean just pregnancy weight. I mean like going to McDonald's and the oh, drive through every day and just like going eating. hard yes. on, that. Okay, on the <laughs> And I'm, I'm five foot two. So eating myself to this really overweight person was was pretty big deal for me. I was 60 pounds heavier than I am now. And that may not sound wow. like a lot, but at five two, it's a lot. Yeah. And I remember, um, you know, when you look at people's rock bottoms, you can compare and say, well, so-and-so grew up in this horrible situation or it, it doesn't really matter what the situation was to the person it's happening to. It, right. it feels the same, whatever your situation is. And for me, it was it was a personal disaster, what was happening in my life at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, really being to that point where I didn't know how to put myself back together. I just felt so down and depressed and I didn't know what to do about it. And I remember walking one day and I caught this mirror reflection of myself. Um, pushing the stroller and walking my dogs at the time. And I thought, maybe that's what happens. You know, maybe you get things hanging on you after you have kids or when you get older. And that's just normal. And maybe that's what you just start getting depressed. And I I thought, do I need to accept that? Um, Do I need to blame getting older and hormones and all of that? Right. And I went home and it just didn't feel right to me. Um, I remember thinking, I used to be a sales trainer and I used to motivate others and teach goal achievement and positivity. And I thought, where did that part of me go? Why am I feeling so down? So I decided that day that I needed to make a decision that this wasn't going to be who I was and I was going to fix things. And although I couldn't control the stock market and the housing market and my divorce and (laughs) being a new single mom and taking a voluntary job demotion so I could take care of my daughter, I couldn't control all of these things. I knew that the one thing I could control was my body. I could control what I was putting in it and what I was doing with it. Right. And I made a decision that day that that's what I was going to do. Um, it was the one thing I could control and be consistent with. And I spent um, – I dove into online just researching and studying and training and 
what I found was just so much information overload out there. And I remember being yeah. like completely confused. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? I don't have fat or I don't have sugar. Like, wh- what do I do? This is, right. this is confusing. Right. Yeah. Go so, on Google now. Yeah. Take you so many places. Total information overload. Right. So at the time, Facebook was, was new okay. and um, newer and nobody was really doing it. And, and I thought, you know what? I need to be accountable for my changes here. So – from, and I had like my 100 high school friends follow me on Facebook. I didn't right. have almost 2 million people like I have now there. I had yeah. 100 high school friends. And I thought I'm just going to start posting every day what I'm eating and what I'm doing for my own accountability. So right. it was completely selfish reasons okay. at first. Like I'm just going to post what I'm doing, what I'm eating. And I would do that. And it was really interesting because people started to follow and ask questions and they were interested in like what, how did you make that and what right. are you doing here? And – it, I started focusing out versus on myself because now it was like, okay, I need to post these meals because people are waiting for them or they want to know. Well, you were also starting to see some success, right? So not yet at this point. Okay. I was just seeing some interest in it. So what happened was I was using my original BlackBerry phone. So it wasn't even right. a, an iPhone. And I would take these <laughs> disgusting pictures. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> are those even around yeah, anymore? I don't, I don't think so. I would take pictures of food and they weren't even – they look terrible. They right. grow up now if you look yeah. at the pictures. And I would post them on Facebook and someone would say, this is great. And all of a sudden, people said, you should make a recipe book. I was like, a recipe book? I wouldn't even know how to do that. And someone said – I remember someone said, make an ebook." And I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, e-book. e-book. I Googled right. it. What does ebook mean? And it was yeah. like an electronic book. I'm like, hmm, OK. So I, I sat down and I made on a PDF – or not even – I think I used a Word – just a Word document. OK. My BlackBerry pictures oh. and my gross recipes at the time. Nice. And I sold it for $10 and people bought it and they loved it. Wow. And I I was shocked and people loved it and they wanted more. And then next thing you know, they're saying, well, how are you doing workouts with this? How, what else are you doing? You know, how do you tie this together? Right. Um, how do you put this together in a meal plan? So I, so I sat down again one weekend and I wrote what's now my best selling book, seven day jumpstart, but I wrote it yes. originally as a, as just this little PDF and I put that on social media and at the time, I think I sold it for maybe $30. This is before everybody had everybody had ebooks. Right. You know, before they did. And um, what would happen was people would do my seven-day jumpstart, the original download, and they would lose weight and start feeling good. And they would send me a Facebook message and say, Natalie, your seven-day jumpstart is awesome. I lost weight. I feel so good. Right. Um, this is this is the best thing ever. And I would ask them, can I screenshot and share that? It's motivating for others. And I would, and it just kept growing. People kept buying it and they kept coming to my page and they wanted more. And it fueled me. Mm-hmm. And it literally launched my whole business because now I thought, oh, I'm changing myself. I'm sharing that. I'm being authentic and I'm connecting with people. I'm helping them, and now I can make a business from this. It was crazy. Yes, yes. Yeah, and that's that's how it started. And that was a long whole... answer to a very short question. No, no, that was <laughs> you know that was very insightful because although there's differences between us, obviously, um, that the story is pretty similar, mm. right? So for me, and you know a little bit about me, is that for my past, it was like it, instead of eating and becoming unhealthy, mm-hmm. it was obviously like drug use. Mm-hmm. You know, and it came to a point where one day it was like I made a decision. Yes. Right? And it's it, I think it starts with the decision. Everything. I tell everyone that. That's that's the, my biggest takeaway when everyone 
time someone asks me, what's your number one takeaway? My number one thing I always say is you have to decide because no matter if that's coming off of a drug addiction or food addiction or changing your body or changing your career or your spouse or whatever, anything you have to decide first. You can't be on the fence. No. And if you don't decide with conviction, then nothing works. Everything is just a try. Yeah. And and we see this over Mm -hmm. and over again with people that we work with. Yes. You know, is there, if you're half-assed or you're uncommit, like really uncommitted to what you want to do, yeah, then it's not going to happen. No, it has to be a full um, – it's a decision for us. Everybody – commonality with every transformation I've ever worked with, they decided. Yeah. So made a decision and then took a stand for that decision, you know, yes. became convicted by that decision and started to change. Yes. And with that change – it sounds like, and I know, I know you personally. I know that you fell in love with the process, right? Yes. Of 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 provoking change in others, totally. Of creating outlets for that change to take place. Mm-hmm. You're obviously an incredible author. If you have a best selling book, thank you. Right, and and so now it's just a, it, it's like a commitment to others, focusing yes. on. Yeah, and what's what's interesting, and I, I'll share this um, with you about my business and for um, anyone listening, that yeah. it's funny. When you start having a little success, what happens – and I've talked to so many entrepreneurs that have gone through the same thing. You start having a little success. You keep going, and next thing you know – you're trying to scale and you're becoming a marketer. And all of a sudden you don't love what you do anymore. And with pretty much everyone that has been through this, they they go, ah, that happened to me. It relates. All of a sudden you become this marketer trying to scale. It's not as rewarding anymore. And then you have to have this like break from everything. Go, what what did I start this for? Why was I doing this? And when you go back to that, that's when you know you're in your calling and you're doing your right things. So for me, I had a lot of shifts throughout my business where I was doing it because I loved it. I was helping people. All of a sudden, I felt like a marketer and I hated it. Mm. And then I shifted back the other direction to it. It's not about scaling marketing. It's about really helping people and connecting and thriving in that and everything else follows. It's about influence. And it's about being that. Empowerment. Yeah, it's about being that empowering influence to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, I totally get that. And sometimes you get off track, but you have the ability mm-hmm. to to refocus, yes, and re-enroll yourself in what your for sure purposes for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Thanks. Right on. That was hey, dude. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and now today you're obviously successful you have your book you were just on the cover of a magazine i was on the cover of a magazine yeah what what magazine is that Uh, muscle and fitness hearse what yeah it's pretty cool yeah so you're actively out there and changing lives thank you yeah try that wasn't yeah that was a question work on it okay yeah yeah so obviously you guys and, and you guys that are tuning in you don't have a background in addiction I don't have a background in, 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 in that. like drug addiction, nothing, or that. alcoholism, Mm-mm. or anything like that, which is perfect because I would love to have an outsider's perspective on a few things. Okay, great. One, I don't know if you know this, but for most people that get end up getting sober, mm-hmm. right, make the decision to get, get sober, most of them end up in a rehab or a treatment mm-hmm. setting where you know with medical attention they can kind of get off of the substances. The number one thing that most people do when they first get sober is jump into fitness. Really? Right. So I never knew that. Yeah. 
Okay. So they get a gym membership. Next thing you know, they're working out on overload because it becomes replacing their substance abuse addiction okay. with now it's like a gym addiction. Interesting. Yeah. So now they're in the gym five, six, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in this mm-hmm. this group, um, they resort to sure steroids. Okay. It's huge. So it's another trading another drug. They think it it's is. healthier, but it's another it, it, drug. It is. And I just wanted to ask, do you have any experience that with with mm-hmm. you know the the population that you work with? Mm-hmm. Some of them may have food addictions or, or yeah. eating disorders and then once they recover sure. from that, is it they jump onto something else or sure. so that's that's interesting. What I what I do see a lot of is food addiction. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of that and a lot of that does tend to come from not loving yourself or childhood yeah, what's trauma. The, yeah, what's up or, with that? And I, I am by no means a psychologist or a psychiatrist uh, or a doctor, so it's it's my opinion based have, on yeah. who I've worked with. Yeah. Um, but I I do see a lot of food addiction, and what that usually, in my experience, has come from with some type of childhood trauma of not fitting in, not belonging. Um, uh, especially sexually abused, molested, mm-hmm. which is the numbers are just crazy when you look at how many kids have been through that. It's almost like there's this, they don't want to, they, they're hiding under a layer. They're hiding under something and they they eat and it's a food addiction. Right. And it's a way to feel good temporarily. Um, but it's it doesn't work long term because then you don't feel good from the other things that it's creating. Right. So it's it's a fine line, you know. It, it's you. You almost have to realize. I guess it would be like an alcoholic, or you have to first acknowledge that you're power, powerless over it, under it. Right. You know, that's that would be a first step. But I see that as far as switching over to steroids, I haven't seen that. Like cross but addictions, but with diet pills, sure. Mm. I see that a lot with diet pills or fat burners or um, severe calorie restriction. Yeah, right. there, there could be that. I, I guess my question, and this would be more for a doctor, or maybe you know this from, but. How do you know when something's a problem versus just a, a good habit? Because you know, I you could easily say working out every day um, and caring about what you eat that that's a great thing for you. Right. When does it become not so great that this is a problem now? I think it becomes not so great when you start neglecting other things. Mm-hmm. You know, so say you start going to the gym every day. You're newly into the fitness and you're going to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you're spending multiple hours in the gym every day where maybe you're neglecting work or you're neglecting your children or, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you stop doing other healthy things and you fo- and you dive headfirst into that. Okay. Like, I can see that. But then you can also argue that religion could be an addiction. Oh, there's, there's all types of things that could be an yeah, addiction. Yeah. As far as addictions, there's, there's tons of them mm-hmm. out there. And then the other thought is – Typically, I, I would guess that a bad addiction, when you know you you are have an addiction, is when you're using it as an escape from reality. So yes. you, you you can't deal with reality, uh, or you don't want to, or you're having a hard time with it. So you, you need something, whether it's a substance or activity or mindset or whatever it is, to right. get you out of your own head. Right. So we had a a, a guy on here a couple months ago, Camerader, mm-hmm. solid dude. He talked about video game addiction and it blew my mind because I didn't know that that was like really a thing. Yeah. But it was a sem- sense of escape, you know, and I've heard from people that are into the the fitness 
life, and I use that word loosely, but most people say that they love going to the gym, right? It mm-hmm. releases endorphins, makes you feel good, mm-hmm. plus you're, you're burning and you're on your way towards the goal that you're, you want to achieve. Sure. But I've also heard from people that say, I need to go to the gym, mm-hmm. right? Like, I need to go to the gym. And it, it's not like a, I need to go to the gym because that's what I do, or you know, I need to go to the gym because this is mm-hmm. part of my plan. It's like, I need to go to the gym. Oh, I had a bad day at work today. I need to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, and I hear this with, obviously, with alcohol. It's like you hear sure. it all the time. Oh, you know, rough day at the job. Need to go home and have a glass of wine or sure. three or four or two bottles. <laughs> you, you know, it's yeah. like it's like yeah. a real thing. And it's like that, that, that feeling of I need to do something else so okay. that I feel better about the pieces that are missing. Or, totally whatever's going on in life. I guess I would still be conflicted with how do you know when it's a problem versus like, cause I'll say I need to go to the gym Mm -hmm. and I'll say, I, you know, need to go to sleep. (laughs) I need to, you know, I need to eat. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I guess, I mean, where is that line on? I I need to is a problem or I need to is, you know, your outlet, your a good thing. Cause saying I need to read, I need to go to bed early. I need to eat those. You, where do you draw that line? I think another huge factor in this too is, who who like who are you going to for your advice or who like who is your support well, system? Woman, of course. Well, I'm saying like if you are doing whatever you're doing on your own and you're creating, yeah. you know, your schedule or what you think you need to do or your priorities, and that's all coming from yourself. Mm-hmm. For someone that already has afflictions with addictive personality or addictive behavior, like that same head. Trying to make healthy decisions, like it doesn't make sense. Got it. Right? So like mentorship, coaching, like surrounding mm. yourself with like-minded individuals, having a group of people that will hold you accountable. What about hiding things? I would think if you have to hide something, that right. would show. Like if you're like, I need to hide the box of donuts that I'm eating. Exactly. I need to hide the pain pills that I'm taking. Or yes. I need to hide this. That might be the sign. Yeah. I need to hide that I worked out for three hours. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. That's a good. That, I mean, that could be yeah a sign, See, right? And and if and if you're not keeping yourself accountable, sure, like who is? Yes. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I'm interviewing you now. About I know. Addiction. I don't know what I happened. Totally turned it on. It's just a little loop de loop. All right, <laughs> cool. I can get down with that. Many have tried, Natalie. Many have tried to come on here and start interviewing And I just succeeded. And you just did. I just did. And I didn't even know you were doing it. Yeah. That was pretty. How about that? That was pretty smooth. I didn't know I was going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty smooth. No, no, no. no. <laughs> did you just no button me? Yeah, I did. I will yes button you. <laughs> so, Natalie, um, one more thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's just because you're the person. Okay. Right? Like, this is your field. This is not... You look at me, guys. I, I'm not the picture of fitness and health, and that's not that's not my deal. I live by Could this be rule. If you decided, this is true, and I have been teeter totting on the fence for many years. Mm-hmm. I live by a rule of if it doesn't kill me, it's okay. Which, okay. <laughs> on multiple occasions, you have pointed out that some of the, the activities I partake in could kill me. That is true. The yes. speedo on Instagram tops it. Okay. We don't need to talk about the speedo <laughs> on Instagram. 
Check out his Instagram if you have not seen that picture. But you're like you're like that you're like the health and fitness guru. Obviously, you got the book, you got the magazine cover, you got the fuck like you are that person. So since you're here, let me ask you for okay. those that are listening, right? Because my my audience is everyone, anyone and everyone. So for those that are sitting here like, wow, like I really hate how I look mm-hmm. or I hate how I feel sure. or I'm disgusted with myself. Yes. Like what would you say to help them make that change, yeah. make that decision? Yeah. So, well, you got to take action. Um, so you got to take action in some direction. That's number one. Um, right. But what I will share is it's – there's so many answers to this question. But the first thing is don't make it so overwhelming that you never start. It's about just starting something, starting a habit, doing Mm -hmm. one small change. One small change every day leads to a lot of small changes every day. Right. You know, losing two pounds a week leads to over a hundred pound weight loss in a year. So it's these little changes that make a big difference. So um, now I am a firm believer that most diets do not work. Um, they work temporarily, but okay. not long term. So I do teach a very specific process. And what I talk about is called transformation triangle. Right. And I believe that this is the only way to permanently lose weight. And if somebody has done a different program, it doesn't mean that doesn't work. But I have a feeling it sort of fits into this, what I'm about to explain. Okay. But I call it the transformation triangle. And because the top of this triangle is you're changing your state. So okay. you have to change your mindset first, whatever that means to you. That's you know, deciding, um, deciding that you're going to commit and stop trying. Right. It's deciding that you're going to be positive, look for solutions. I say excuses or solutions you decide. It's figuring out your bigger purpose, your bigger why, why you want to make mm. this happen. I call it a driving core motivator. Like what is that driving core motivator that wants you to change? Right. But it's changing that state. That is the top thing that has to happen before you open any diet book or join any gym or do any workout program. If you are doing a program that does not address that, it will fail. It will fail long term. You cannot just follow a program and have it last long term if you don't change your mindset. Mm. It will fail. So any program that does not include that is not a solid program in my my opinion. And that's where you need to start. You've got to start with that. So you need that mindset shift. So I say change your state. That is the top of the triangle. It is so important. Um, That's number one. I get behind that. Then on the two bottom parts of that triangle, I talk about changing – I'm sorry, planning your plates. Okay. So whatever that means, and I can get into how I define that. And then I talk about your weight could be your workouts, but most importantly, loving your weight. So how do you get to a place where you're loving your weight and loving your progress, loving and moving towards that? Because if you're in the gym every day going, I hate my body, I hate my thighs, I hate Mm. my stomach, that's not really working towards something. It's not going to be motivating. But if you're knowing where you're going, what you're working towards, what your driving core motivator is, you've decided, and you're loving what your body's capable of, you're going to move in a different direction. So that transformation triangle becomes so important. So, and then, you know, so I could go on and on about any one of those categories, but I believe that that is the answer. You have to, it's, you know, I could call transformation Trinity, but that would have a religion twist. So yeah. I'm gonna go there. So transformation triangle is my, is what I talk I about. Got you. I yeah. like that. Yeah. And that's, that's incredible because literally if you, if you replaced, like if you just use that same model for recovery, mm-hmm. drug addiction, yeah, it would work. You can use it for business too. You can work, yeah. You yeah can, it's really like anything. if you use that for anything in life, yeah. that's like a life hack. It is a life hack. Damn, that's good, huh? Knowledge, <laughs> dropping, dropping knowledge. knowledge here. Wow, I might have to come out with a book called Transformation Triangle. You can't because that's my next book. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Well, before we leave, uh, we give you the opportunity, obviously, to plug yourself. Plug yourself That's away. Nice. Thanks. I get to plug myself. Yeah, like <laughs> plug. Like I don't know. Is that plug. that's how you say it, right? You plug, plug myself. Plug yourself. <laughs> Where can they find you? Uh, like, Natalie Jill Fit on social media or NatalieJillFitness.com is okay. my website. But I'm Natalie Jill Fit on all social media. So Facebook, Natalie Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, everywhere. Dang. Natalie Jill Fit or NatalieJillFitness.com is my website. Okay. Yeah. All kinds of free stuff on there. And give us a little a couple nuggets a nuggets of gold. Didn't I just give you a lot of nuggets? You did, but give me like just nuggets. like that little. Okay, let's. Uh, just like a little. Nugget of gold. Uh, one of them would be, um, well, my slogan. I say, excuses or solutions, you decide. So okay. or, t- that needs to be your ne- next hat too, Roman, if there's any room for any more. I think I got some space. <laughs> excuses or solutions, you decide. If that sounds harsh to you or offends you, that's who I'm talking to then. I'm talking to you. Mm. If you are offended by that, I'm talking to you. To you. Because blaming, coming up with excuses... It doesn't change anything. If right. I validate your excuses and tell you why you're overweight and give you validate that, you're not going to change. But if you take accountability and start finding a solution, mm. no matter where you're starting from, you can make a change. So I will never validate excuses. That seems so like counterintuitive. Is that – I feel like most people would say, like, give you the reasoning. Well, as a marketer, yeah, right? I could say, like, it's not your fault. But that I don't. I feel like it does a disservice. I mean, yeah, it's not your fault that you didn't know this, or it's not your fault that this you didn't have this awareness. But now that you do have the awareness, let's like be accountable because yeah, that's the thing. Blaming others. I'm not saying that you didn't have a rough crap happen to you. Everyone has their situation. I'm not saying it's not going to be harder for you, more challenging, whatever. The bottom line is, though, if I validate those excuses and you keep living in that, nothing changes. Nothing will ever change. So I'm doing a disservice by validating your excuses. I love that. I 100% agree with that. I'm down with that. Is that your gold? That's that was, that, was that, that see that <laughs> look at, you like I gave you gold and there then you, you gave me some more. There you go. So that being said, thank you guys. Thank you, Natalie, for being thank on the you, show. Thank you, Roman. Appreciate it. You awesome. guys tuning in. Thanks, thank you. Guys. And that has been another episode of yes. the Sober Life Audio Experience. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.